I will never take. It disappointed me. I had grown excited by the idea of tracing the olive and its culture back to its inception, to see how the trading of it had influenced the personality, the topography of the Mediterranean. My Mediterranean. Our Mediterranean. But it was not to be. War was imminent. I am neither correspondent nor political journalist. The Middle East was no place for me. Or so I had decided. But fate had other tricks in store. When Tony Blair stood alongside George W. Bush and declared his intention to take British troops into Iraq, I flew to London and marched in protest. I remember that Saturday afternoon clearly. Friends and I were nudging the nib of the rally and so arrived early at the finishing stage in Hyde Park. Deed done, my pals drove home while I retraced my steps, walking the line of protesters, stopping at the Royal Academy in Piccadilly to tour an exhibition. When I emerged into the afternoon sunlight a couple of hours later, the procession was still taxiing forward in upbeat spirits towards the park. The numbers were impressive. I was optimistic. But the Sunday papers the following day reported the figures of attendance short of the reality diminishing in the eyes of Britain an opposition that had spoken out resoundingly, yet peacefully. I was dismayed. A considerable proportion of city windows were flying anti-war stickers. But the protests went unheard. The weapons of mass destruction argument had won the day. War on Iraq was declared. The history books tell the rest. I returned to France, to the farm. Nonetheless, the reportage coming in from the Middle East troubled me, as much as it did everyone else who had resisted the intervention, and I began to feel depressed by the destruction and my impotence. On a personal level, the marital challenges Michelle and I had confronted were resolving themselves. I felt no need to flee my life, but I felt an urgent need to return to the eastern Mediterranean to learn the secrets of the olive tree. The project I had shelved remained in my mind. A terrific adventure. A -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity I had given up on. And then, quite out of the blue, I received a letter from a complete stranger living in Australia. The sender had read of my passion for olives and had sent a photograph that portrayed him standing within a hollowed-out olive tree in Lebanon. What really grabbed my attention was that he claimed the tree was 6,000 years old. If I had been without commitments, I would have jumped on a plane to Beirut that very morning. Instead, I pulled down my boxes, rummaged through the paperwork, and reconsidered my route in earnest. I searched everywhere to find out the whereabouts of that Lebanese old-timer, but without success. If such a specimen really existed, it would take the history of olive cultivation further back than I had imagined. I resolved to go in search of it, and once discovered, I intended to continue on around the Mediterranean basin, seeking clues, marking what remained. I ordered obscure tomes on the internet. I made contact with universities, publishers working with material in languages that had not been spoken for thousands of years. I visited UNESCO in Paris. I understood that they had been debating a world heritage status for the Olive Trail, perceiving it as cultural landscape, a shared legacy. The Greek lady I met up with was firmly behind the project. But, she said, it is difficult to define such a trail. Where does it begin? Where does it end? 
That was precisely what excited me about the quest. The trails, the routes, had not been identified. They were uncharted. This was virgin territory. I would start with the Lebanese tree, if I could find it, and from there I would go wherever the next clue took me. Michelle and friends judged my plan too vague, but I knew that I had to get going, not in books, but across the water. I knew I had to be there, at the foot of that old Lebanese master, breathing the scents of the Mediterranean, meeting its people, listening to its winds, giving myself up to its locations, and taking my botanical sleuthing any which way. Michelle signalled the waiter. L'addition, s'il vous plaît. Someone called Bonsoir. It was a grinning African, skin impenetrably black, in leaf-green galibia. He was covered in satchels, bursting with sunglasses, and attempted to interest us in a designer...